Good morning. I was refreshing that this morning, hearing the testimonies and seeing John people's faces as testimonies were shared. Um, I've accepted more responsible responsibilities teaching the word, um, and I have to confess that I think that's a mistake. You can't prepare a message from the word of God without being convicted. This message is on Thanksgiving. Well, I have to confess that this message is for me. I'm preaching to myself. And I hope maybe you can get something out of it. And so if you see a little bit of hypocrisy in my life as you listen to this message, I'm not going to disagree with you. There's something the Lord's working on my life. In and on, and that's being thankful. I grew up with a critical nature. I learned it from a critical person. And give you an example of that critical nature, my wife, who's very kind and patient with me, she had it as a goal to wallpaper our front room and our kitchen. And her sister, who happened to have, happens to have a lot of experience in wallpaper, was going to help her out. And it had a lacy design. And of course, where the roll stops and the next roll starts, it doesn't look good unless it matches up. And they spent hours getting all this matched up except for in one place that they couldn't get it matched up. And that was above the exit door, up close to the counter. Not a place you would recognize it. And I walked in home from work, and she said, how do you like it? And I said, looks nice. And Carol and her sister said, yeah, we matched up all the seams, except for in one place. And I said, you mean above the door over there? <laughs> and Santa says, I told you he would see it. So um, that's something I'm working on, is, and, and it's part of my eye in construction. I'm in construction, and I, I see flaws. Rather than see what's straight, I see what's crooked. If it's crooked, something doesn't sit right with me, except for when it's in my own life. Somehow I don't have an eye to see that kind of crookedness. But I want to speak on Thanksgiving this morning. I was very thankful yesterday. I want to start off with how wonderful the Lord is to give us new experiences that we might not expect. I was preparing this message yesterday, sitting in my living room, and my daughter calls me up. No, she texts me. She says, Eric, she says, Walter has invited us to go gliding with him. Please say yes. And I said, no, I'm preparing for my message. And she says, it'll only be a half an hour, please. I said, okay, I think the Lord wants me to go. And so I went, and I went gliding for the first time. And I learned a whole bunch about gliding that I never knew. It was just a, an eye-opening experience about what the wind's like, not only updrafts, but there are waves in the sky. And there are people that get these waves and get updrafts that go in cars close to Carson City. They take them up 28,000 feet. They glide in gliders all the way down past L.A. and back in a glider. Can you imagine that? I met a guy, the only guy that is known to fly from island to island and back in Hawaii on a glider. No engine. Incredible. So I didn't, I didn't want to pass up that, that opportunity. So um, I got to go up first. He said, you want to sit in the front or the back? I said, I'll take the back. I'm okay with that. And so uh, he took us up. He let me fly it, by the way, which was fun. I've flown before. But a glider's a little bit different. He did three wingovers. Does anybody know what a wingover is? 
It's, it's, I can tell you what it's like, but it's not going to tell you what it feels like. He's up in the glider. We're about 5,000 feet. He takes it into a dive, gets about 120, 150. He pulls up and banks left. And as he goes up, this glider's like, it's, uh, it's 15-meter wingspan. So that's about 45 feet. How far are we apart here, Don? About that distance, the wingspan, like a bird. It was just gorgeous. And we're going up like this, and I'm in the back seat. And as we're climbing up, the glider loses altitude until it just freezes in the air. And you're just going, it's like the whole world stops. Like suspended animation, but you're conscious. And your stomach rises up like a roller coaster, but it says it in such a gentle way, and it just hovers there. And you're like, wow, am I in heaven or what? And these big sweeping wings just sweep around like this. While you're standing stationary in the cockpit, sweep around, and you're going like this. You're going, whoa, it looks like we're going to fall. But you just, and then all of a sudden, whew, and it goes down. I'm going, man, I don't know what, how to describe that feeling. But that was exciting. <laughs> that was exciting. And he did three of them. You know, and, and, and I, I thank the Lord. You know, Lord, you're so marvelous and wonderful to give us these treats in life that we never, I never expected I would have that treat when I woke up in the morning. And yet what we saw here this morning is so much more exciting. And when I think of family members that have prayed for years for those souls, I mean a living soul that God created and that God died for, Jesus died for that person. I think of praying for my sister for 18 years, Many, many times with very small faith and even doubt sometimes, and she came to know the Lord. That's exciting. That's a lot more exciting than that wing over that I did. I'm going to see her for all eternity in heaven, and nothing's going to separate us. That's exciting. That's wonderful. And so I want to think about being thankful. You know, we've passed over Thanksgiving and I don't know if you know it, I mean, or if you perceive it, I'm sure you do. It's like the world wants to squeeze that portion of time ever so small where at least the world recognizes, at least in the United States, that this is a day of Thanksgiving. It's being squeezed out. I mean, there was arguments uh, in, in Target about opening up at 8 or 9, the employees didn't want to, and then Walmart's going to be them out, and they're going to be them out. And, you know, it's like everybody's thinking about Black Friday, and it's no longer just Friday. The whole weekend. Let's start it Thursday. I mean, just toss out the name. It's squeezing out Thanksgiving. And I think that Satan is alive and at work today, squeezing Thanksgiving out of our lives, not just on Thanksgiving, but on a daily basis. And it has its effect, and I know firsthand. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. Many times we read in the Word of God about being thankful. The Word of God encourages us, instructs us, even commands us to be thankful. So I want to think about that. I don't know where you stand today, and I don't want to take it for granted that you have come into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to take it for granted that you know that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. There are many in this room that do, perhaps some that don't. And in that case, you have something to be grateful for that some can't understand, just like you can't understand what it was like in my stomach doing that wing over just from me telling you. You have to experience it yourself. Coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing in the deepest recesses of your heart that everything has been forgiven and there's no nook and cranny that something's hiding that God didn't see and didn't pay for. Knowing that forgiveness is something that I just can't communicate to you. 
You have to go through it. You have to experience it to know what I'm talking about. And for those here that do know the Lord, there's something that's the greatest thing to be thankful for, isn't it? To know that you're going to heaven. To know that you have eternal life even right now. That this body, and I'm feeling it, it's getting older. <laughs> I'm not able to enjoy things like I used to, whether it's my appetite, whether it's going out and doing something physical. But I'm getting a new body. <laughs> you know, that's exciting. Fit for heaven, that's even more exciting. And I'm going to be with the Lord. There's nothing more exciting than that. He's the one that made all this playground that we can see around us. So I'm thankful for that. If you don't know the Lord, I can see, think, think of them, some things to be grateful for. One of them is that the Lord's given you one more day. One more day that he offers you salvation as a free gift. One more day that you're going to hear that Jesus died on the cross to pay your penalty. One more day to realize that all your sins were placed on him on the cross. To satisfy the justice of a holy God. And that God accepts that. And we have proof through his resurrection from the dead. And that he waits with this gift. And all you have to do is take it. Just accept it. Just say, Lord, I want that. Save my soul. That's all. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't that good news? That's something to be thankful for, that you have one more day. God doesn't promise tomorrow, but you have today. When I heard those testimonies, I was thankful for the friends, the true friends that God brings into the life of a person to tell them about the Word of God. People that know the Word of God, and that's another thing to be thankful for, the Word of God. The Word of God has been preserved through centuries and centuries, through regimes that have tried to destroy it, through doubters, through the unbelievers casting doubts, through higher criticism, through all this garbage, and yet God's preserved it for us today, intact, that we can trust it and know him and have eternal life. And so, very important for us, and I'm gonna, we're going to talk a little bit about the effects of a grateful heart in our lives and why it's important. And even the, even the secular uh, scientists, even those that don't know God, don't believe in God, see the benefit of being thankful. And we're going to think about that. We read in Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 17. It was mentioned earlier today. I want to read it. If you want to turn there, you can. If you don't, that's all right. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. And so, as those have been, who have been chosen of God. Now, it's talking about those that have received the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy and beloved. That's what God calls us. Put on a heart of compassion. Put on a heart of compassion. Put on something we should do. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and here it is, and be thankful. Those words stand out to me. Not just because I put them in bold print here on my paper. <laughs> and be thankful. God commands us, be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom and teaching, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. God loves a thankful heart. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Thanks, mentioned three times. 
given as a command. Be thankful. In Psalm 104, we read, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. God wants us to enter into his presence, only through the Lord Jesus Christ, by the way, with thanksgiving. It should be clothes that we put on, clothed with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with thanksgiving. Isn't that proper? With all that he's done for us? We're going to think about that through a story I have a little bit later. Why does God encourage us, instruct us, even command us to be thankful? One, it's proper and it's right, and even we recognize that. We teach it sometimes in a superficial way. We don't mean to, but we teach our children. Now say thank you. Say thank you. Thank you. Then they walk away. We teach our children to say thank you. Why? Because it's right. It's proper. Gratitude is a virtue that even the unsaved, even those that don't know God, recognize. What an ingrate we hear said. Okay? Say thank you. It's proper. It's right. We teach our children it. It says it's God's will in 1 Thessalonians 15, or 5, 16 through 18. It says rejoice always, which is good. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That you give thanks in everything. Because we're no more fit to go through the day with Christ as our banner than when we're thankful. Thankful. Demonstrating gratitude in everything that comes out of us. That makes a difference. And sadly, I've passed up many opportunities to make that difference. It glorifies God, it says in Luke 17. We had that not too long ago, the story about the ten leprous men who stood at a distance. When Jesus was passing between Samaria and Galilee, they raised their voices and they said, Master, have mercy on us. They were leprous men. They couldn't come near people. They were rejects of society. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And it came as they were going that they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who turned back to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise, go your way, your faith has made you well. His giving thanks was glorifying God. It's very important. We glorify God when we give thanks. It honors God. It says in Psalm 50, 23, He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. So it honors God. It's appropriate. It's an appropriate approach to God in prayer. It says in Colossians 4, 2, devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. It says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your prayer be known to God. With thanksgiving. And it renders, to, uh, renders our service to God acceptable. It says in Hebrews 12, 28, Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. The person who rever- uh, renders service to God, 
with an ungrateful heart, it's not acceptable to God. <laughs> it's not acceptable. And so that puts a new vantage point on our service when we look at it that way. Why does God say, be thankful? Why is it a command? Why are we so encouraged to do it? Why do we have so many examples of it in Scripture? You know, I've never met a command that God has given in the Scripture that we don't need, and He doesn't give for our benefit, not for His. He doesn't tell us to be thankful because He likes to hear those thanks. He gives us the command because it does something for us. And like I said, even the secular world recognizes it. I found this when I, in my studies. Gratitude or thankfulness makes you happier. Do you know that? You know, when I'm critical and I start complaining, sometimes it takes a long time, but not often it takes me too long to realize, man, I'm miserable. <laughs> I am miserable when I'm complaining. And I make everybody around me miserable. And sometimes I can't see it for a little while. But it's true, and I confess it. Studies have been proven that being grateful makes people happier. Many people have discovered this for themselves and been quietly counting their blessings for years. You know, we always hear to count your blessings, right? Now scientists have proven that as if it wasn't true before they proved it, but okay, they have their stamp of approval, which I don't respect much. I'm just pointing out that even people that don't know God recognize the truth in what God is pointing out. Scientists have proven that, being, that the power of being grateful will positively impact our lives so hopefully more people will start being grateful even though they're cutting down the time on Thanksgiving. I don't get that. But I'm grateful for the small time that we do celebrate it in the world. Scientific proof, being grateful makes you happier. According to the study by psychologist, I can't pronounce her name, and I don't want to say her book because I don't know what else is in there. But people who keep a happy journal for a week, a happiness journal, you know, thankful for stuff, for a week feel happier than people that don't even three months after they start writing in it. So it makes sense, doesn't it? When I start thinking about the things I'm grateful for, the list goes on and on and on. And it outshadows any complaint I can think of. Because any complaint you can think of, a lot worse can happen, right? We have a lot to be grateful for. Um, I have a friend, I'm going to tell you later about him, I worked with him, he was a Christian, and he put me to shame in this area, and he always said this one thing that really called my attention to that fact. Okay, it's so easy, you'd be nuts not to try it. Just recognizing and noting down or thinking about things that you're grateful for will make you happier. Get this, in fact, even reading about things other people are grateful for will make you happier. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing to sit around the room and say, well, let's think of all the things we're grateful for. Because if we do that, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make everybody around us happy. Because thinking about what makes other people happy makes you happy. Um, and it's so true, isn't it? It's true. Why don't we practice it more? You know? It, like, it, it, it needs to hit me like a ton of bricks when I'm complaining. You know what? It's the key to overflowing joy. A thankful heart can change the whole way you see life. What would it be like if never a critical, never a criticism, never a complaint came out of my mouth? Let me take it a step farther. What would life be like for me if the, the moment it came up in my mind, I snubbed it out with something to be thankful for? That's the real battle, isn't it? Just squash it. I mean, I can't stop Satan from throwing 
thoughts my way, but I could sure deflect them with the shield of faith, can I? That's important. That's important. One thing I noticed, too, and, and it makes sense that um, to look at how God sees a thankful heart. How does God see a thankful heart? Now, we know we have the promises of God and they never fail. We know we have answers to prayer, sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes wait, which is a hard one for me, but I don't have a choice about it. Anyway, um, with God's blessings, you ever think about God's blessings? You think God's blessings are all predetermined before we, before we come to know him? Or do you think he responds to, like, prayer? Does he answer prayer and give us blessings that he wouldn't give if we didn't pray for it? I think so. Okay, so here's the story. Let's say you had a grandson, and you went out and built him the best backyard playground in town. I mean, you really went to town on this backyard. You spent thousands of dollars, invested countless hours to put it together. You did all your research. There's every latest thing you can imagine in a yard for a kid. Let's say it's like two-acre yard. I mean, let's just put it in proper proportions. When you're all done, you walk over to your grandson. And you walk him into the backyard. You show him this new surprise, and he first screams with excitement. Ah, look at that, you know? And you could tell he's really excited. Then he cries. You wonder, why are you crying? Because he's thinking how wonderful a grandfather he is. And there are tears of joy, you know? And that really moves grandpa's heart. And he gives the biggest hug you've ever seen to his grandpa. Then for the next month, he can't stop playing in his new playground, continually thanks his grandfather up and down for such a wonderful gift. Wouldn't that make you feel good inside? Would, wouldn't it? I mean, you, you've given things and done things for people that really went out of their way to show they were grateful. I have. You know what it makes you want to do? <laughs> I think it's obvious. You'd probably want to run out and do it all over again, or just because he loved you so much and was so thankful for what you did. That's what makes me feel like when somebody's really grateful for something I've done for them. I'm thinking, what else can I do? What else can I do? Now, what would it be like? Now, the, the opposite. You know, you take that little grandson out the yard, and he says, oh, thanks, thanks, Grandpa. He runs out, swings on the swing twice, then goes out and wants something else. He goes and leaves the yard, and you're not even interested. Hey, let's go somewhere else, Dad, Granddad. Let's go do something. Would you get the impression he was grateful? How much time you, would you put to thinking about what else you can do to please this grandson of yours? It does, it's not natural, is it? It's like, wait a minute, I did all this. They weren't grateful for it. It was sort of like an expenditure of my resources and my time and my love for someone that doesn't even appreciate it. Well, that doesn't make me want to think about other ways that I can show my love to that person. Think about how God feels. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. He's given us a message that's a wonderful message for all to hear. He's given us a word so precious He's kept it intact for us. It's the truth by which we can scan everything we come across and know that we're thinking right. Are we grateful? Do we thank him for it? Do we use it? Like the little boy in the backyard. Is he out there playing on that stuff that his grandpa made? God's given us these things. The gospel. Do we share it? The word of God. Do we dive into it? Do we expose error with it? Are we grateful? And, and, and like I said, this really convicts me. You know, and I don't like to think I don't appreciate the gospel, but there's a lot of times where I've neglected it. 
I don't want to think that I don't appreciate the Word of God, but there's a lot of times where I left it set when I should have picked it up. Where I should have memorized something rather than wrote it down, perhaps. I don't like to think I'm not grateful, but truth be told, if you knew my heart, you'd know there's an ingrate, an ingrate in there that God's trying to work on. And as he works on it, you're going to see a change in my life, a difference. So will my family members and friends. And that's my prayer, and I hope you pray for me along those lines. Because I want to please God. And I am grateful for what he's done. And it's the new nature that wants that to come out and blossom. And the old nature doesn't. Satan wants to hold that back. God wants to let it run free. I hope you see that way in your life as well. And it's not that we're, you know, that little boy, he wasn't going to go out there, let's see, if I really show gratitude to granddad, if I play in this for a month, then I'll ask him for that sports car. He doesn't think that. You know, and we shouldn't think that I'm going to show gratitude for God, to God for something I want to get out of him. That's not how true gratitude works. That's not how thankfulness works. Thankfulness is really a recognition of a blessing given. And that's what should motivate us. And there are symptoms of a, uh, an unthankful heart, and this is really what convicted me. It says, people who are unthankful will naturally have negative personalities, find it easy to complain about little things, or easily become moody. Well, if you know me like my wife knows me, she's still out there? Oh, she graciously left. <laughs> um, you know, I can be like that. And I never connected it. You know what? These are symptoms of my ingratitude. These are symptoms of my lack of thankfulness to the blessings that God has given me. I remember a fellow I used to work with, and he used to remind me of this because I used to complain a lot about taxes because every time I turn around, they're increasing them, you know? And uh, he used to bring me up short. He's a brother in the Lord that worked with me. He says, Eric, he says, I want to tell you something. I wish I had to pay a million dollars in taxes. And he'd say that over and over again. I got it. I got it. Because if you had to pay a million dollars in taxes, you must be making at least five million. <laughs> That's the way he looked at things. He didn't look at having to pay that much. He looked at how much he was making to where he could pay that much or he was required to pay that much. I'd, I had to learn to think like that. You know, Come to think of it, I don't think I would mind paying a million dollars in taxes. <laughs> if the other part of it was true. But I got something worth more than five million dollars. I got eternal life. Right? And if you know the Lord, you do too. That's something way... Way better than, than money. Unthankful people are known to be bitter or unforgiving towards themselves. That's interesting. God or other people. Ungrateful people are dissatisfied with themselves. Think about that. Um, what it says about God. If you are in this room and you don't think you're an attractive person. Well, that's like walking into the throne room of God and said, God, you know, there's something you made that's pretty ugly. That's not right, is it? Does God make anything ugly? No, yet he made you, so you're not ugly, right? There's something you don't like about yourself? Well, entrust it to God. He'll make it better. If you know the Lord, that's what he's doing. He's making you more Christ-like, and he's perfect. Just remember, like Bill McDonald used to say, the last chapter hasn't been written yet, right? He's working on you, okay? So give him the patience that's due him. He'll do everything in the right time. You're a work in progress, and so am I. I just realize everybody else is too, so don't think that way. 
Okay, um, one more thing. People are never satisfied with what they've been given, but always want more. Always want more. More, 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 more. We live in a society that just, that's what it's all about. Capitalism, greed, more, better, faster. And we covet those things. That's not a grateful heart. We have everything we need in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has promised to supply all our needs. You know, I'm grateful for the time I spent in Brazil up in the Amazon because it's a simple life. And uh, you had simple people. And the only thing they could afford was a dirt floor. But it was the cleanest, neatest dirt floor you ever saw. And you would not believe a dirt floor could be so neat. And I thought, that looks pretty attractive. I wouldn't mind having a dirt floor. (laughs) You know? They were grateful, thankful. And it wasn't until the TV came into the area that they start seeing the world and what everybody else has, and then there, there it starts. You know, grateful, satisfied with what you have. You know, a sad thing is, as we march toward end times, um, not only is Thanksgiving getting squeezed out, but gratitude is too. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, but realize this, then in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful. Ungrateful. That seems like a pretty light word to stick in such a heavy mix, doesn't it? Unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Thankfulness is in the midst right there. Which sort of helps you see how ugly it is in God's eyes. And it's going to be a hallmark of the end times. We shouldn't. We should try to eradicate that from our, our lives. I'm going to try to eradicate it from mine. But you know what? You've got, you got an obstacle to overcome. Satan doesn't want you to. Satan wants you to complain. He doesn't want you to be thankful. So you've got to work at it. And I think God will help us. So... Thanksgiving is over for the world. It shouldn't be over for us, for Christians, for those that know the Lord. And if you want to be happy, be thankful. If you want to make other people happy, be thankful. If you want to be pleasant to be around, be thankful. If you want to be used of the Lord, be thankful. If you want to render service to the Lord that's acceptable to Him, be thankful. I know I need to be. And one more thing that you can be thankful for. This is a short message. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful, but not always, not all the time. Lord, I confess that in, in my heart there's ingratitude that I want rooted out. And so I commit it to you and pray that you'd help me to work on that. I pray for anybody here that also would like to work on that, Lord. We want to be used of you. There's so much to be thankful for. And we're, we're thankful to you for all that you've done, for the Lord Jesus Christ and how you loved us so much you sent him to die for us on the cross and how he loved us so much that he went. And you've given us eternal life. You've given us a message of salvation to take to those that are lost. You've given us a life to live as examples before them of what you're like. We just pray that you'd help us to be faithful to that. And we might please you. We pray it in your own precious and worthy name. Amen.